This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I'm Brina Garen, and you're listening to Hex Positive. Welcome, witches. This is episode 13 of Hex Positive. I'm your host, Brina Garen, and love is in the air. Well, love and snow and probably a shitload of flu germs, but love nonetheless. We've got a whole bunch of holidays happening this month. Did you know February, despite being the shortest month on the calendar, has more formal and informal holidays than any other month of the year? That's just bonkers to me. Seriously, we've got, what, Imbolc, Candlemas, Mardi Gras, uh, the, 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 the Jewish tree holiday, Tuba Shavat, I think it is, uh, Groundhog Day, the beginning of Lent, National Football Hangover Day, of course, and about a hundred other different informal holidays, depending on where you live. Plus, it's Black History Month and American Heart Month. And, of course... There's Valentine's Day, which is directly followed by Bitter Singles Day and Discount Candy Day. And as many of my fellow witches know, this is the time when we brace ourselves for the onslaught of requests from friends, family, and random strangers on the internet asking us to perform some kind of love magic for them. Now, I know some witches are cool with this, and they just go right ahead and work the spells, or make the charms, or brew the potions. I am not one of those witches. I'm mystified, quite frankly, by the requests that I get. Like, I don't understand at all why people would ask me to do this. I don't exactly talk about love magic overmuch. I don't advertise casting spells for others. But this time of year, a handful of requests always seem to turn up, and they always run along the same lines. Can you make so-and-so fall in love with me? Can you make my ex come back to me? Can you patch up my marriage with your magic? If I had a dime, right? Salt shaker full of tiny candy hearts with really snarky text. For the record, I am not, nor will I ever be, (laughs) open to casting love spells for other people. And what's hilarious to me is that when I've said, I'm not going to do it, not my circus, not my elephant, but here's a spell if you want to try it yourself, many times the person asking has been like, oh, no, I can't. I can't do that. I couldn't possibly. I don't do witchcraft. Like, honey, if you're not willing to put in the effort yourself, both mundane and magical, you don't really want the result. 
You want a quick fix that requires no effort on your part and you're not thinking about the ramifications. As they say, everyone wants a magical solution, but nobody wants to believe in magic. Or, more accurately, no one wants to take it seriously. Now, I've got spells to help with emotional healing and self-love and attracting an ideal unnamed partner, plus tips on the mechanics of love magic, and I'm very happy to share them. I have whole sections in a couple of my books about them. But it's hardly my top area of expertise, shall we say, and I'm not gonna go circumventing someone's free will just because it's February and somebody else is lonely. I have cast exactly one love spell in my life for myself, and it worked out fine, and that's enough for me. Love magic works best when the person seeking the result casts it themselves. You can have someone else do it for you, but it's much more effective to do it yourself because only you truly know what you want and what you need and will remember those nuances when casting the spell. So, in preparation for writing this episode, I did something that may not have been very wise or good for my patients, my blood pressure, or my mental health. I cruised through Tumblr, TikTok, and YouTube looking at how witches are talking about love spells and love magic these days. Y'all can't see me right now, but... My fingers are steepled, and I'm doing the disappointed auntie face. We need to have a conversation, specifically about the role of consent in modern love spells. Thankfully, I did see a good bunch of people who are on the right track, ethically speaking. But for others, lots of others, we need to have a talk. There seems to be a lot of assumption in the witchcraft community that to call one specific person to be your lover or to convince or command someone to love you or be in a relationship with you is the quintessence of love magic. I disagree. I think that love spells can be tricky, tricky things. And that calling or coercing a particular person to be with you through magic is an infringement upon their free will and also a slippery slope that could lead to obsession or undesirable behavior, let's say, if something goes haywire. In my opinion, love spells can be just as troublesome and just as difficult to untangle as baneful magic if you go at them the wrong way. Now, there's plenty of historical and anecdotal evidence to show that love magic in antiquity has not always taken the other party's feelings or desires into account. We see it in the tropes about love spells in popular media, 
The spell is never, I want someone to fall in love with me. It always seems to be, make this specific person fall in love with me. No thought is given to how that person feels, whether they want a romantic relationship, or whether subverting their free will might lead to dangerous or undesirable behavior. And spoiler alert, it often does. Granted, that is media and not real life, but it does illustrate an important point. I have seen a significant number of witches online talking about love spells that went awry, about binding spells meant to preserve or restore a relationship that subsequently backfired, about attraction charms that brought in bad results. It really runs the gamut. I mean, seriously? You tried to bind someone into a relationship with you without their knowledge or participation, and you're surprised that it didn't go well? Really? Hashtag how do I undo a love spell makes my teeth grind pretty reliably. And we need only look to love spells in witchcraft source material to see the reason for this. By source material, I'm talking about both the classical pre-20th century texts and the books that have informed the modern witchcraft movement from Gardner and Buckland onward. In a lot of these older spells, some would even say foundational, and indeed in some modern traditions, the writers seem perfectly okay with romantic or sexual attraction being commanded rather than requested. Consent is something that has only entered the conversation relatively recently with regard to love magic. There are still witches who think that consent in love spells does not particularly matter. And with all due respect to differences in tradition, this is something else that I firmly disagree with. I know I'm going to get some dissent from folks who are like, well, back in the day, love magic circumvented free will all the time. It's part of the tradition. Yeah, and when those ideas were conceived, society thought sexual assault was still considered a gentleman's sport. I will beg your pardon for that, gentle listeners, but it's true. The ideas that govern what we think of as classical love magic were conceived by a society that did not value consent or consider it strictly necessary between romantic partners. Even marriages were seen as largely transactional for a long time, with one or both partners seen as having little agency in the bedroom. So, of course, people raised in that society with those viewpoints would see absolutely no problem with using a love potion or a charm to coerce someone into a relationship regardless of what that person actually wanted. I know I'm speaking in very broad terms here, but I don't want to go diving into the history of love charms. We will be here for the next two hours. There are plenty of examples of people being legally prosecuted for making or using love filters or love spells, but the problem wasn't strictly with the love potion itself. It was the idea that such things were witchcraft to begin with, and they were tied in with poisoning. 
and God forbid the idea that women might have sexual agency, but I digress. We've updated other ideas concerning magical ethics since this time, and we should continue to do so. Look at how our attitudes towards cursing have shifted. Baneful magic is taken as a matter of course in the historical record. It is another foundational point of witchcraft. And yet in the modern day, we've had this movement to only use magic for positive or selfless purposes, and that's only recently started to come back around. Granted, that does have a lot to do with movement marketing and the satanic panic, but again, I digress. And just veering into the baneful magic for a moment, because I know someone is already preparing this counter-argument, there is a vast yawning chasm of difference between putting a hex on someone and putting them under a love spell. Curses are meant by their very nature to cause harm and havoc. They don't depend on or require the target's consent to be effective. I mean, if you're looking to hit someone, you don't usually ask if they want to be punched in the face. Love spells, on the other hand, usually deal with some level of attraction, be it romantic, emotional, affectionate, or sexual. All of these are meant to be, in some capacity, consensual, and they should be consensual in any healthy relationship. Personally, I think there are two main reasons that love spells are so prone to going pear-shaped. One is that when you try to circumvent or undermine someone's free will, some part of them, consciously or unconsciously, is going to resist what you're doing. And that can make the effects of the spell come out rather differently than what you intended. Attraction becomes obsession, desire becomes danger, and suddenly you're in a situation that you don't want to be in. And the second thing is, let's face it, people not thinking shit through. Where matters of the heart are concerned, none of us are as rational or as intelligent as we'd like to think, and sometimes that can carry over into our magic. You'd see it all the time. Someone's lonely or upset after a breakup, and they just want what they want, and they want it now. So they might make some poorly thought-out decisions, up to and including trying to get their ex back or bind their crush to them. And oh dear, that didn't turn out the way you wanted it to? This is my unsurprised face. I'm going to gender things and lean on my personal experience for just a brief second here. To the best of my knowledge, most of the querents that I've gotten who are asking me to do a love spell on their behalf have been women, assigned female at birth women. And to the best of my knowledge, they have most often been asking for a spell that will attract or repair a relationship with a man. Again, this may not be true. This is just the impression that I've gotten from the people I've spoken to. 
I can't help but wonder if perhaps the reason that the consent issue might not have been addressed for so long is that modern love spells may have been seen as something women did, and therefore the idea of making someone fall in love with you through magic was seen as funny and frivolous, or even romantic, rather than problematic. Yes, I do know that bewitchment was considered a serious offense in antiquity. I'm talking modern as in within the last 50 years, within our lifetimes. I mean, look at the way that Western society treats the male victims of intimate partner violence, especially in heterosexual relationships. It's, it's awful. And look at the way that male targets of love spells are treated in popular media. They're portrayed as either clueless victims who should have known better, heavy air quotes, or they're just objects of ridicule. But if we turn things around and talk about a guy using magic or coercion to make someone fall in love with him or sleep with him, there's a knee-jerk, oh, that's not right, reaction. Symbolism of women taking back power and agency in heterosexual relationships aside, this just doesn't sit well with me. No matter where it's coming from, I will make this person love me or sleep with me or be in a relationship with me, whether they like it or not, is a statement that should send up red flags, whether it's said in a mundane context or a magical one. If you're cringing right now, that is the correct reaction. And yes, I know witches come in all genders and sexualities and romantic preferences, and love magic is not limited to any particular group. I'm just hypothesizing based on what's landed in my personal inbox and the general demographic that I have seen discussing this topic. I will not say that non-consensual love magic is the same as sexual assault. I will not go so far as to compare the two. And it actually makes me a little bit angry when I see other people doing so, because I feel that it trivializes the experience and the trauma of everyone who has survived assault or abuse or intimate partner violence. But I will say that in my opinion, non-consensual love magic is unethical, and anything that comes from it is most likely doomed to failure whether it just doesn't work from the outset or fails somewhere down the line, the kind of relationship that these spells produce is neither true nor fulfilling nor meant to last. And chances are it's probably not very healthy either. If there wouldn't be a relationship without the magical coercion, then it is not meant to be, no matter how much you may think otherwise. As the saying goes, never start a marriage with a kidnapping. We'll be back with more Hex Positive after this brief sponsored break. This episode is brought to you in part by Crow's Bone. 
Crow's Bone is a family-owned business with 20 years of experience in the study and practice of magic. Their selection combines carefully curated wholesale goods, unique secondhand finds, and handcrafted items from their home base. Peruse their excellent selection of books, home decor, spell components, and so much more. Make sure you check out their seasonal subscription packages and mystery boxes, as well as their range of personalized services and readings. While you're there, check out their working community survey, featuring a variety of voices from the witchcraft community and their library of free printables. You can follow them on Twitter and Instagram at The Crowsbone or on Tumblr at Crowsbone for regular updates and sales. And now is the perfect time to do it because the good people at Crowsbone are offering my listeners a 15% discount on their products and services. Just use the code HEXPOSITIVE at checkout. This offer excludes subscriptions. Refresh your witchcraft supplies and help support small business while you're at it. Visit Crowsbone.com and remember to use code HEXPOSITIVE at checkout for 15% off your order. Crowsbone, to thine own self be true. This episode is brought to you by Portland Buttonworks. Do you like buttons? Of course you do. Have you ever had a great idea for one, but just been like, darn it, if only I had the resources and equipment? Well, fret no more. Portland Buttonworks is just what you need. Portland Buttonworks creates custom pinback buttons in four different sizes, plus magnets, hand mirrors, and bottle openers. Download their templates and create your own designs, or use their Design-O-Matic for quick formatting. You can order just a few custom items for yourself or as gifts, or order in bulk for merch, table sales, or your own shop. And they are quick! The turnaround time for properly formatted submissions is one to three business days for most orders under 1,000 pieces. That is lightning fast! I've been getting buttons from Portland Buttonworks for years, and their quality is always top of the line. Ever wonder where the hex positive buttons came from? Well, now you know. And once you're done making your buttons, make sure you visit the PBW Witch Shop for a thoughtfully curated selection of witchcraft, magic, and occult-related zines. They've got books, buttons, tarot cards, and more. The collection has a refreshing emphasis on magic that relates to traditional and folkloric witchcraft, chaos magic, secular witchcraft, magical plants and herbs, queer witchcraft, politics and social justice witchcraft, and other non-Wiccan magic. There's a good chance they have exactly what you're looking for. Visit the main Buttonworks at portlandbuttonworks.com and check out the Witch Shop and Zine Distro at pbwwitchshop.com. Help support small business and get your buttons from Portland Buttonworks. Fighting fascism one button at a time since 2012. This episode is brought to you in part by the Azalea House of Healing. In the Victorian flower language, the Azalea represents the message, Take care of yourself. And at Azalea House of Healing, you'll find all kinds of resources and services to help you do just that. From the moment you walk through the door, you'll experience a warm, welcoming environment that seeks to promote a holistic view of wellness, treating the body and the mind together. Treat yourself to a therapeutic massage with add-ons like hot stones or a salt scrub for tired hands and feet, or limber up with some yoga. While you're there, you can also sit for Reiki healing, guided meditation, or an intuitive tarot reading. And if you need someone to talk to, Azalea House also has an experienced licensed counselor on staff. 
For safety during these trying times, Azalea House currently offers in-house services by appointment at their clinic in War Acres, Oklahoma, as well as a wide range of online services for those who feel safer staying at home. Visit their website, azaleahealing.com, to check out everything that's available or to schedule your session. Azalea House of Healing. Take care of yourself. Since we're all heartily fed up with Amazon right about now, I've decided to open a small online witch shop on my WordPress. You can pick up copies of Grove Daughter Witchery, The Sisters Grimoire, and Pestlework, or shop for witchy goodies like banishing powder, witch web kits, and witchy buttons. You might even get a special surprise or two with your order. Go to brainagarin.wordpress.com shop to place your order today. And now, back to the show. So, all this being said, I am not against witches doing love magic full stop. Far from it. Much like hexing, I fully support witches exploring this type of magic, indeed whatever type of magic they feel drawn to, and deciding whether or not they want to try it for themselves. I was very, very happy to see so many witches on social media talking about love magic in terms of self-love and attraction and ideal partners and very well-thought-out, wholesome, level-headed ideas about love. But I do think that we need to continue to align our concepts of love magic and attraction magic with our modern ideas about relationships and consent. And we need to encourage each other, kindly, to be smart about how we do these spells. None of this binding a person to you when you're not even sure you're going to be together long term, or undermining someone's free will because you're lonely, or you've got a crush, or you weren't ready for a relationship to be over. Instead, look for ways to increase self-love, self-confidence, inner beauty, and heck, outer beauty if you want, because why not? You are an amazing person, and you deserve to love yourself and feel fabulous. And ask the powers that be, instead of, bring me this person, or bring my ex back to me, ask them to bring you the person that's right for you, whether you know who that is or not. And remember that your ideal person doesn't have to be a lover or a spouse. They can just as easily be a new friend or a platonic sweetheart or a kindred spirit. It's okay to be specific about what you want. It's good to have standards as long as those standards don't include the phrase, I want this particular person or someone exactly like them, and without that, I'll never be happy. Let me tell you a story. Back about eight years ago, I performed a love spell. I'd just gotten out of a long-term relationship. It ended amicably, and I still consider him a friend. But I was still upset about it, and, 
I was lonely. Moreover, I was kind of done. I was pushing 30, I was tired of dating apps, and tired of getting excited about a new relationship only to wind up being disappointed. And one night, I was like, well, what's the point of being a witch if you can't use witchcraft to get what you want, right? So I put together this spell. It was involved. There was a handmade candle, there was anointing oil, there was an incantation, and there was a list. I sat down with my witch book, and without trying to describe one particular person, I wrote down all the traits that I wanted in a romantic partner. I got specific, too. Because if you're going to get what you want, you may as well get the total package. If you're giggling about innuendo, you should be. And I did this spell every night for an entire week leading up to the full moon. And then I waited. Fast forward about two months. I'm at a party with a bunch of my LARP friends. Yes, I'm a LARPer. Uh, many of the friends from my LARP group are also witchy people. And at this particular party, I was reading tarot for tips. This one guy, a friend of mine, a battle buddy, if you will, comes up to the table and tips me for a reading. And one of the things I see in his cards is there's a woman in your life that you want to get closer to, but you're not sure how to go about it. You're worried that you'll ruin whatever relationship already exists, but you shouldn't put her on a pedestal. Try your luck. You might be pleasantly surprised. You see where all this is going, right? Well, I didn't. I was clueless. This only made sense in hindsight. So later, I've got a drink or two in me, and we're dancing, and suddenly, oh my, where did that spark come from? Why am I kissing this man? Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Bye-bye. And I panicked and scampered off. <laughs> but luckily, he followed me off the floor, and we ended up spending the rest of the evening together just talking and snuggling and sitting, and it was it was very, very pleasant. We'd both been drinking at the time, so we didn't want to go and do anything else because we didn't think it would be wise. But, like I said, you know, very, very pleasant evening. Come to find out, he'd been nursing a crush for a while, but he hadn't said anything because we were battle buddies in-game, and he didn't want to mess up the friendship. Plus, I was dating other people off and on around the same time, and the timing was just never right. So, fast forward again, a few months into the relationship, which was long distance. We were living in different states at the time, and I'm flipping through my witch book, rereading my notes, and I come across that love spell from the year before. And gosh, you know, a lot of the traits on that list are sounding awfully familiar. I go down the list. He checks every single box. 
like it's so specific that it's almost eerie and i did not have him or any one person in mind when i put this spell together like sure i thought he was cute but we were friends and he wasn't really on my radar before the party and naturally i panic a little because I know the tropes, and I really don't want this to backfire on me. But I take my book with me the next time I drive down to visit, and we talk about it. And he's surprisingly cool with it. Uh, apparently, he was raised by a witch. Cue my surprised Pikachu face. And we do in fact confirm that he matches all the criteria on the list, which was awesome. So the relationship progresses. Uh, a little over a year into it, we moved in together. I moved down to his state to get an apartment. And a few years later, in 2016, he gets down on one knee at St. Bridget's Well in Kildare, style points, and six months later, we got married. So I like to think it worked out pretty well. For those of you who follow me on Tumblr, yes, yes, this is my husband Ragnar that I've been talking about this whole time. So yes, love magic does in fact work. It should be approached with due caution and a clear head, but it does work. You just have to remember to keep consent in mind and ask for a partner who will make you happy rather than a particular person that you think you want, that you think is perfect for you. If your answer to someone not wanting to be with you or not noticing you romantically is, hey, I'm going to force them to do what I want, it's time to take a hard look at your moral compass. Just to finish up our chat today, a bit of advice for the lonely hearts and bitter singles. Don't measure your happiness and satisfaction by comparing your life to the lives of the people around you. Their journeys have been very different from yours, Maybe your best friend has a lot of sweethearts, while yours are few and far between. Maybe your sibling was ready to marry right out of college, and you're still trying to get a relationship to last longer than six months. Maybe you're hearing this sentence right this very second and feeling that little pang, wondering when your perfect somebody will come along. Take it from a witch who had to wait 30 years to find her match and kissed a lot of frogs and suffered a lot of heartache in the meantime, the right one is worth waiting for. And in the meantime, greet happiness where it finds you. Some people come into your life for a season, others for a lifetime, and everything in between. You know, love can be forever or it can be for one day, but it's still love. Sometimes you'll be alone and you'll be okay with that. 
sometimes you'll be so lonely you can't stand it. I have been there. It's much easier if you try to focus on the benefits and freedoms that come with being single instead of lamenting that you don't have someone to be with or sighing for a relationship that's over. Real talk, if your relationship ended, it probably ended for a reason. It's completely normal and very healthy to mourn that loss and to feel sad for a while, even bereft, because you have been used to having another person around and you're dealing with a change. But don't let that feeling take over your life and do not let those rose-colored glasses fool you into thinking that you need to go back. If somebody messed up, they messed up. If it was mutual, then it was mutual. If it's over, it's over for a reason, even if you miss that person or that relationship later. If getting back together isn't naturally on the horizon, if you feel like you have to make something happen, honey, honey, no. If the relationship couldn't be fixed by honesty, respect, and clear communication, if you couldn't fix things with counseling or romantic rekindlings, if you were unhappy all the time, or if one or both of you just wasn't willing or able to put in the work a healthy relationship needs, all the love magic in the world won't fix something that's already fundamentally broken. You are worth more than that. Also, don't ever think about having kids to fix a relationship that does not work. If you're feeling lonely and lovelorn this month, I definitely recommend checking out some confidence spells, maybe some love your gorgeous self spells, some nice comfy bath magic, makeup or cleansing routine glamours, whatever makes you feel strong and beautiful. You are allowed to be happy by yourself. It's more than okay to fall in love with yourself and enjoy your own company. After all, you are the one person that you are guaranteed to be with for the rest of your life. And trust me, that's a good thing. Heck, some people don't even want or need sweethearts at all, and they've probably skipped this episode entirely. The point is... You are a whole and valid person all by yourself. You aren't missing half of yourself if you're single. The perfect somebody will augment your life rather than completing you. And don't ever, ever, ever waste your time on somebody who makes you consistently unhappy, disrespects your independence, or tries to tell you that you're worthless without them. These people are not worth your time, your energy, or your love. If you're in a situation where you feel like you can't leave safely, please reach out to your local emergency hotline or to friends and family. 
I know that getting out of an abusive relationship can be dangerous, but please do everything that you can to keep yourself safe. And for anybody who needs to hear it, because I'm sure someone does, you are worthy of love. You are worthy of respect. You are worthy of being treated well. You are worthy of being happy and content and of living a life that fulfills you. And no matter what, you are enough. So, that's it for this month's episode. Bit of a shorter one this time around. I'm going to be doing more of these more often. The 90-minute ones were really starting to wear on me. Uh, There will be longer episodes in the future uh, because I have some topics lined up that will get me rambling. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, and now on TikTok as at Brina Garen. If you're enjoying the show, and I hope you are, please make sure that you rate and review on Apple Podcasts to help get the show out there. Uh, Share it with your friends, your family, your circle, and go show some love to the rest of the Nerd and Tie podcast network. Until next time, I'm Brina Garen, reminding you to stay safe, keep wearing your mask, and love yourself unconditionally. Hex Positive is a proud member of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. Check out everything they have to offer, including our sibling podcast, BS Free Witchcraft, over at nerdandtie.com. Intro and outro music by Kevin McLeod. For all the latest updates, follow at hex underscore podcast on Twitter. You can also follow me at at Brina Garen on Twitter and Instagram. For more information on my books, you can check out my WordPress and my Amazon author page. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit patreon.com slash Stay safe, wash your hands, and remember, always practice safe hacks.